Hello! It's us! It's you! We're here! Together! Why are we here? For another exciting week on You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Argentina's number five television <laughs> show podcast. And I don't think we, we've kept that. I think we've been drastically falling since, but we're going <laughs> to wear that badge proudly for the rest of our lives. Welcome to the show. You can officially support You Can't Disappoint a Podcast now on Patreon at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. It's the place to go to help us move this show forward, and there's all kinds of exclusive content, fun interaction, events with Steven and myself, and all types of ways to influence our show on a weekly basis. So please consider supporting us on Patreon. If you want to get in on the action, make sure you email us your trivia, your MVP, and your funniest moments from that week's episode over to our email at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com, and we will read it right here on the show. We sure will, even if you beg us not to. Also, <laughs> hang out with us on the socials every week off the podcast. You know, we're on Facebook and YouTube under our podcast title. You can also find us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast and Twitter, where we probably do the most of our uh, uh, jovial lollygaggery at You Can't Disappoint. So come hang out with us over there. Yeah, make sure you uh, give us, you smash that like and subscribe button. Give us that more... attention that we so desperately crave. Yeah, throw throw us your hearts, your wallets, and a couple kisses here and there, and we'll keep on pushing out this baby of ours that we call You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Everyone, hello, welcome to, I don't know, I don't know, I, I always feel like I gotta have something big up off the top, something high energy, and that's, yeah. that's where it took me today. Woo! <laughs> How's it going, man? Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, the only podcast about community. It's the only one. No one else has even thought about doing it, and they better not Crocky try. might. We really got in ahead of the curve, huh? <laughs> that's all I got. Throw another shrimp on the... Bobby <clears throat> and Ken. They really like Barbie in Australia, huh? I don't. Yeah. I don't even think anybody in Australia says that. Do you know that uh, Ken and Barbie were based on Kenneth and Barbara, the son and daughter of the creators of Barbie? Isn't that gross? Their brother and sister. Their brother and sister. Next, the liberals are going to try to take Barbie and Ken's gender away <laughs> just like they did with the potato person. Right? <laughs> I'm Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> I only got on that plane because my kids asked me to. Did you see? Okay, so recently was the like Republican convention thing, and <laughs> Trump Trump gave his first speech since leaving the presidency, and Ted Cruz was talking, and he like kind of did like a stand up routine almost, Ted and he Cruz? said. Yeah, and he, it was like a bunch of the like top Republicans spoke at this thing, and Ted Cruz said to the crowd, it was in Florida, and he's like, mm -hmm. Orlando, you guys are the best, it's great here. He's like, not as great as Cancun, but still pretty nice. <gasps> oh my god. He's like, sir, people in your state don't have electricity. <laughs> 
Uh, all I saw from that event was the terrible off-key national anthem. Oh, I didn't see that, but I heard I someone shared a meme where someone like transcribed it to sheet music. I saw one. The way, the way I saw it was this guy's like a piano player was like supposed to be like the accompanist, and he like was trying to like play along with it. That's what it was. Yeah, it was really funny. Anyway. Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. We were just talking before we hit record or after we hit record that this is the 38th episode of Community we've podcasted about it. And boy, does it feel like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, Zach, it really doesn't feel like it's been a day over 37. Yeah, 37 weeks on the dot, but somehow we snuck in another one, right? Mm -hmm. No, it's great. And we're getting closer and closer to the halfway point of this thing. It no longer feels new. The The training wheels have long come off, and we're very near crashing into a thorny bush. Yeah, I mean, instead of holding our hand as we ride our bike, our, our papa is now not even behind us. He's running away from us, telling us he's not our dad every mm-hmm. day, but we still follow him on our bicycle. I hope we found you all well. Thanks for tuning in. It really does mean a lot to us that there are uh, there's a pocket of people that are willing to get as weird as we're willing to get every week with us, which is really, really cool. And our show, of course, is brought to you by at Communities on Twitter, one of the best community fan organizations you'll find on the internet. All the best people, all the best stuff, and run by some of the best guys. Yeah, including our dad. Hi, dad. Yeah. If we get enough uh, Patreon subscribers, maybe we'll do some type of DNA blood test, Ancestry.com type situation, and really get to the bottom of it, because I think th- I think it would come up inconclusive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's brought to you by our $10 and up patrons, who are, of course, Danny M. Lugo, Justin Brummett, and Mary Baker Budisa, three of our favorite people on the planet and if you'd like to be added to that list you just have to become a ten dollar and up patron at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast and there's new stuff coming up all the time it's the beginning of a new month the beginning of a new month is always a great time to sign up for patreon because regardless of when you sign up they charge you on the first of the next month they do so you'll get a whole month of content hey zach we you know what's crazy what we still have patrons. the The new month has hit, and and yeah, not I everybody just quit. The first post that I wrote for March was like, "Thanks for making this a a recurring thing." Yeah, we really did. Cool. Lo- we did lose one patron. We did uh, lose one pa- patron, but was it my mom? I get it. <laughs> There's new stuff coming up on the Patreon all the time. There is a Scrubs podcast that we did as we were assigned by one of our fifty dollars patrons, Danny. She had us watch one of the really most noteworthy episodes of the entire series of scrubs Mm -hmm. it's called my screw up and we did a whole you can't disappoint a podcast style podcast about it it was really fun and good and it's up there for you to listen to if you subscribe at any tier and a new episode of nerdstalgia about ferris bueller's day off which is a a really fun 80s you know it you love it come check it out tuned uh for a special edition of my screw up where i bring on both zach and i's biological fathers and they talk about how much they regret (laughs) creating us I promise there will be none of that if we get a couple more (laughs) patrons. So if you want to check out any of that stuff, if you want to get your name read out on the show, if you want to hang out with me and Steven, if you want to see the live pre-show You Can't Dis a Pre-Show every week, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast is the place to do it. Steven, hi. Hi. How are you this week? I'm doing well. I am a a, a tired boy, but a happy boy. I think we... uh, what was the what was the turn of phrase? We a couple weeks ago you said something about all your candles are lit, but mm-hmm. something positive. Do you remember what the something positive was? Uh, but but they're burning bright. 
Was that How it? does it feel now? Are we getting to the end of the candles? You know what? I thought so, but you know what? I, th- I think I kind of have this like this runner's high where I've, I just haven't stopped because hmm. I've worked at, as of at the end of Saturday, I will have worked for for like i can't do math very well right now but almost two weeks straight dang minus one day i've been kind of doing some similar stuff you know it's if i'm not doing this i'm podcasting and Mm -hmm. if i'm not doing that it's the hour or two before i go to bed at night yeah yeah it's crazy between like practicing and teaching and yeah dancing and it's but it's, it's been fun though it's been really a lot of of growth a lot of uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a positive here. Give me something. Yeah. No, it's it's been good. And and it's really good. nice to kind of step away from the the dancing for a little bit and and talk to you, Zach, cuz and and it's it's a nice little change of pace. It is few hours obviously we, we record this. this podcast it comes out on a Monday, so it's kind of a start of the week thing, but we record it on a Thursday. But for whatever reason it kind of feels like the point of my week that kicks off the next one. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just this thing that we've done every week that, like, I kind of look forward to it the day or two before it. I kind of forget about it after a day or two after it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's a nice little cycle that we've got going on. Yeah. It's a nice, it's a nice a pair of slippers to put back on after a it long is. week. And I hope it's that for the people that listen. I hope. Yeah, I hope that I'm your, your left slipper, Zach's your right slipper, and that we're keeping your little piggies warm. Mm. You know how I am with my piggies. If you want to hear us get real in-depth with the with the piggy talk that was on this my screw up podcast yeah it got we got real weird talking about some feet stuff along with a very emotionally resonant episode of the television <laughs> program scrubs so wait i said to danny that i was like you know i really <laughs> i apologize <laughs> but also that's what you asked for so <laughs> that's really great if you'd like to make us review something oh we've plugged the patreon enough let's talk about community we're here to talk about season two Episode 13, Celebrity Pharmacology, which is a really underrated favorite of mine, personally. It was directed by Fred Goss. This is his only directing credit on Community, but he's been directing for a long time and is one of those guys that just hops to every sitcom and directs a couple episodes Mm of it. Uh, They talked really highly of him in the commentary for this episode, and it was written by Hillary Winston, who has a really good track record. She wrote Football Feminism and You, Politics of Human Sexuality, Beginner Pottery, Pascal's Triangle Revisited, Psychology of Letting Go, and after this, she only has one more writing credit. It's the season finale of this season, A Few Paintballs More, for A Few Paintballs More. A lot of good episodes in that bunch. Yeah, it originally aired on January 27th, 2011, just a little bit over 10 years ago. Wowza. And we didn't do any of our things. I'm Zach, and I'm coming at you live from the airport Ramada. And I'm Steven, and don't call me honey. Honey? Welcome to the show. This is what it is. You know what it is. You know it. How far into it are we starting? We're about 12 minutes in. 12 minutes. Well, no, we talked about nothing for three minutes when we started recording. This is a fresh nine. It's okay. a, it's a cold op- it's a stretch of a cold open, right? Listen, and I'm, live from, from New, New York, York it's, it's you sat I see how you're trying to like follow what I was going to yeah. do but then I didn't do anything. Yeah. Saturday, Saturday night. night. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this episode of Community. It's one that we revisited really recently to talk about it with the people over at the Save Greendale committee. So if you that was so want, much fun. It was super fun, and it's out now, and it turned out super well. So if you'd like kind of a companion to what we're doing here today, go check out 
the celebrity pharmacology episode of the Save Greendale Committee. And also go support them anyway. They're super cool dudes. Yeah, they are. A couple of stand-up guys. Sure. Even when they're sitting. So I feel like I, I still watched this episode three times for this time. Mm-hmm. But now this episode, I just feel like I know it like the back of my own Chang. You know, oh, it's no. just I, I, I've just seen it like eight times in the last month. And I just feel like I know every single bit from yeah. the episode to the point where it was hilarious. It got less funny. Then it got really, really funny. So do you think that you're going to just like smash trivia today? Let's see. I hope so. Let's let's kick it off. I only have three questions. I have four. Okay, so go ahead. Okay. I feel like my mom's scrolling through my phone. Okay. You definitely did the squint and repel yeah, your I have face literally back perfect vision, phone. so I have no reason to do that. Um, okay. What <laughs> artist does Chang put in his mix for Shirley? I don't know. Mm, that would be former New Edition lead singer Johnny Gill. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I just I picked up more on, and I figured you probably don't have a cassette tape <laughs> player, so here's a list of all the ones you can find on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, not off to a good start. What are the names of Troy and Abed's Bumblebee characters? It's, in, it's like one of the very first lines of the episode when they're speaking to each other. According to all known laws of physics. <laughs> <laughs> now I have no clue. I'm willing to accept that. They're Busby and Bumbleton. Nice. I think Bumbleton sounds familiar. I definitely would never have, have landed on Busby. I like Bumbleton. Mm-hmm, I do too. Um, where, where did Annie find her drapes? The trash can? The garbage can? In a dumpster. I'll take it. In a dumpster. And she's like, can you believe it? Can you believe it? Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, how does Pierce say he and Annie are alike? There are three Ooh. things. Um, they're both cute. Mm-hmm. There's one that he says either before or after cute, and the last one is they yeah. don't, they don't like, they won't accept help from anybody. But I don't Kinda. remember what the damn... They're both realists. Realists. They're cute. cute and, and they, they would rather hand. die rather than let die someone else control them. someone them. else control them. Are you just going to do this whole podcast <laughs> trying to keep up <laughs> at pace with whatever There's I'm a delay. saying I said saying it, it on top? <laughs> 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 okay, give me another one. Okay, what is Marcus drunk on? Lust. Mm-hmm. As Ugh. am I. Gross, right? Right. What is the name of the young actor that Pierce's father prefers to him? Nigel. Your father's a lucky man, Nigel. <laughs> well, you should have done better at the audition, Pierce. You should have done better at your damn audition. Pierce just making of a murderer watching the projector. <laughs> yeah. Do you have one more? I do. Um, what is their top concern at Dildopolis? Privacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, for bonus points, what will all purchases show up on your credit card as? I don't know. It's like letter, letter, letter dildos. It's like yeah, a company it's like brand ABC name. dildos, and I don't know if there's incorporated at the end, but possibly. It's really. It might have been. It's really funny how it's like it. We're trying to be really discreet, so instead of dildopolis, it'll show up ABC dildos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good ones. Cool, good round of trivia, and let's go right into the email that we have this week. All right. Let me grab my letter opener. I'm going to stick my hand so deep into your velvet pouch and pick up that letter from real, real far down into that sack and yeah. hand it to you. Here you go. Is that did how you, you talk did to you feel, Santa? Did you feel that? 
I did, Mr. Krabs. And yes, of course it's how I talked to Santa. That's how, how do you think I got an Oculus? <laughs> he was like, fine, just please stop writing me these letters. <laughs> you can have whatever you want. No, we have a very, very close relationship. Do you guys use like MSN messages? And by Santa, of course, I mean real life actor Tim Allen. Well, of course. Tim, I, what I'm saying is that Tim Allen's my sugar daddy, and <laughs> I'm willing to say that on the internet. Well, I mean, his his pickings got a little slimmer when he right. was stopped spending with... all his money on cocaine. Yeah, and started spending it all on supporting Donald Trump or something. Yeah, something like that. Did he say the N word? Was he? One I of those? can only imagine. <laughs> like today, yeah, earlier today when we were on the phone, uh, <laughs> as he was wiring me the forty thousand dollars. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> Our dad says, just some quick trivia today. Seriously, you do not have answers this week. Sure you don't. Um, the answers will be at the bottom. <laughs> they right? always are. He's like, scroll down for answers. Yeah. Um, is Dildopolis closed on President's Day? They yes. Say, just remember, kidding. <laughs> Dildopolis never closes. Never, ever. Um, what are the ways Annie was raising money to pay her bills? Babysitting. Uh, she was she all her money from the period fairy, mm-hmm. and she was. Uh, well, I don't know if the recycling cans. Uh, birthday count, if she says checks. That. Birthday checks. I don't birthday remember the whole checks. list. Birthday checks. It's your birthday, so I know you want to write I ite me. A birthday check. Birthday checks sounded a lot more a song about being handed a great snack on your birthday. <laughs> birthday checks that's uh in the checks mix like remix cheeks cheeks checks mix can we move on from this This um (laughs) what what artist is prominent on chang's mixtape zach i already forget because uh former singer of something someone new edition Mm -hmm. i don't know johnny gill that's yeah johnny gill there's a delay i said it first and the rain you should know that from the excellent episode of Aziz Ansari's show, um, Master of None, Thanksgiving. Um, so you're not allowed to school me that hard on it if you go, oh, f- what's, it, what, what's <laughs> my point that I'm being a pompous asshole about? <laughs> oh, yeah, Googles. Master of None. Um, have a great one, guys. Thanks. Matt from Communities. I'm a little offended at the casual nature of this email, Dad. <laughs> what do you mean? Have a great one, guys. Not Have I love great you, what? sons. Not like you want to go for a catch or yeah. Uh, I stop sending me so much mail <laughs> with your hair in it. Or like I've never Matt met from either communities. of your mothers. Like, yeah. hey, come on. I've never sent you an email. Stop writing emails <laughs> and saying they're from me and I'm your father and that I support you guys. My Math wife doesn't appreciate the photoshopped photos of us together. Please stop nailing it's them to It's weird my door. how you put both of your heads over her face, Matt, from Communities. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. What was your... Uh, no, we're, let's get into the thing that everyone's talking about, the challenge of whatever. We're going to find out, did Steven watch, let's hear it, studio audience, the episode, the episode this week. This week. That's so sad. <laughs> Not a lot of fans. Our, our only audience member is Gumby. <laughs> yeah. It's just Ooh, Lil Mr. from the other room. <laughs> okay, I've got my timer set up. Are you ready for your 20-second challenge to yeah. run us through the entirety of Celebrity Pharmacology? I'm going to stay calm you really do one. pay attention to the show. I'm okay? going to stay calm because I always panic, and then I end up saying, oh, f- for 10 seconds, and yeah. I ruin it. All right, let's take a deep breath. 
Let's bring it together. Positive energy. Three, two, one, go. Andy wants to tell a bunch of kids not to do drugs, so she's going to put on a play with everyone in it. But Pierce has no lines. He's not happy about it. So he follows her broke ass home to her dildo house. And then he's like, hey, I'll give you some money. And she's like, thanks. And he's like, give me lines. And she's like, okay. And then they put on the play. But then Britta's going to f*** her nephew. No, she's not. Jeff's making it seem like she is. And they put on the play, and it's really a disaster because Pierce makes them all like drugs. Then changes her and saves the day. Oh, my God. And the, and the dean is f***ing somebody, but he's dressed as a bee. Well, Stop. maybe. Pretty good. I would have liked something more unfortunately because i don't like the subplot that much about the jeff and uh the jeff and marcus thing maybe mm -hmm. getting in that he gets out of it by stealing her bra or the abed's yeah, involved gross. with it or something mm -hmm. but yeah it is gross you did a pretty good job i'm gonna give that a b plus that Thank was a you. b plus i'll you take it i think that was i i got a lot of the stuff in there I one of your calm. better once in a while for sure mm -hmm. and stepping right over that success what in this episode that i think is really really funny yeah uh what's your favorite funny moment Okay, I have two that I want to give like serious nods to, and then I have my like favorite funny moment. So Let's obviously, Chang is drugs makes me laugh really hard. I think that's so funny. Disappointed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, not what drugs does, baby. <laughs> and then Jeff during Iconic. the funeral is pretty great because yeah. he's literally just looking on at his, his phone, telephone, texting a teenage the kid boy. who's watching the thing <laughs> yeah. that's happening while Britta is also on stage. And then by far the moment that makes me laugh so hard every time is when the dean steals the goddamn picture of Jeff. He's like, "Oops," and then just Oops. walks out with it. Doesn't even try to really cover it up. No, he just We're takes past it. that point now. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite moment is it's really hard to pick just a specific moment because this entire episode is so funny. So instead of picking a specific moment, I've decided to highlight a character that's not going to be my MVP for this episode. Okay. And it's Dean Pelton. Yeah. Everything the Dean gets to do in this episode is gold. He's so funny when he's talking to all the kids, the way he delivers drug-free baseballs <laughs> or the just the scene in the beginning when he's got the front stinger. And obviously I have plans today, so I can't help you out. <laughs> And throughout the whole thing, throughout, like with Jeff and from the audience and when he gets baseballs thrown at him, he's hilarious. Everything he does. So well, I and it's, it's such a funny joke that he like is, is upset that there's so much Charleston chew in the damn vending machines. He's like, well, finally, the kids will come and get rid of all the Charleston chew. <laughs> such a funny joke. I like it a lot. All right. Moving forward into that, I guess what? Now do we talk about the episode? We can. I really love this episode. What are your thoughts on it? I think it's really funny. It's in a season that has so many like over the top huge episodes that you know you remember and that we always mention on like a Mount Rushmore. This is just mm -hmm. a great episode. It's yeah. really funny. It has some depth to it for the characters, uh, mm. but it, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's really funny. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but there's a few moments that in a way do take mm -hmm. it a little bit seriously that makes it almost funnier yeah i don't know i think this is a really successful episode and i think it's one of the best just straight school goings on episodes of the show because almost every episode and i i really like those episodes and i wish they would have done more than just doing another off the wall concept every week like they do in some of the later seasons mm -hmm. but this episode is just a perfect standalone what happens at the school episode that we don't really get a lot of them. Usually they're kind of disjointed. Yeah. And I think it's a perfect one, and it's really, really, really funny, and it allows a few characters that don't usually get a spotlight to stand out, 
And I don't know. I have very few, if any, complaints about this one. It's an episode that many times I have taken to people, and this is the episode of Community I show to them to show them that this show is funny because it's kind of got some stonery humor. Mm-hmm. It's really silly. Uh, you, a lot of times the selling point is that Chevy Chase is in it, and yeah. he's really funny in this one. And it's not like you don't just necessarily show someone paintball or an episode that shows what the show can do. You need something that shows what the show is. Yeah. And I think this one does that really well. This to me, like, because the thing I kind of compare it to would be like either pottery or PE, right? Because those are school things that are related. But this one uses the entire study group better than those two episodes do. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. love pottery. They're kind of a unit this whole episode. Yeah, and it's great because there are so few times that this whole study group is involved that it's not completely off the wall, and I love it. I haven't ranked this episode with the other ones yet, but I think I like it better than those two you just mentioned. I think so, which is tough for me because Pottery was in my top five of season one. Season two is just bringing it in so many different ways, Mm -hmm. and some emotional ways and some conceptual ways, and then this episode just really, really brings the funny. So let's dive into it. The episode cuts off immediately with a scene of rehearsal for the drug awareness play that this whole episode centers around. And it kind of throws back a little bit to Shirley's, like, rat parable <laughs> videos. It, it almost feels like they thought that that was a really funny idea, so let's make a whole episode that kind of centers around it, right? Yeah. Donald always sells the bit so well of... I'm going to do everything they want me to do. I'm going to put on a good show, but I'm not going to like it. So he's just like <laughs> a little kid who's pacing through his lines and and he can't barely be bothered to say anything or to or to act like he has any any stake in this at all. And then of course they're interrupted. They're having a bee conversation <laughs> just with his bumblebees. They're interrupted by one of the truly beautiful things that Community gave us over its six seasons, uh, Pierce Hawthorne, Chevy Chase as Pierce <laughs> Hawthorne as a pot leaf. It's just perfect. It's just, it's so funny. Immediately, this image is so good. I mean, you've got Donald Glover and Danny Pudi as as bumblebees, and then yes. Chevy Chase in like a black, you know, just like outfit. That's almost my favorite a part: giant. a black yeah. like jumpsuit <laughs> with a very paper thin. <laughs> tissue paper recreation of a pot leaf and i like that it's this anti-drugs campaign and i get it that in a lot of anti-drugs campaign marijuana is something that's focused on because it's a lot of people's first drug Mm -hmm. that they try but it just kind of ups the ante of ridiculousness that they're talking about how how life affecting and and destroying things can be and it's like a pot leaf yeah well and that also kind of shows when the episode came out because i remember when we were younger like it was like there were all the commercials with like the the sad dog that wanted to go for a walk, but his owner was like a flat Stanley on the couch, and the dog yeah. was like, "Wow, I guess I'm just gonna die." Yeah. Or there's the one of like the teenage girl who's also like a flat Stanley on the couch. Yeah, I mean, it's the and same one. And her parents are like, "Don't you want to do anything?" And she's like, Ugh. "I've been there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There have definitely been times in my life where I've felt exactly like that flat teenager. And, I'm and like, it's you know what? Those kind of cool. <laughs> Troy and Abed are two bumblebees discussing whether they should try drugs or not. Uh, Abed's kind of like the devil on one shoulder, and he has that really funny, drugs are like a special, honey. They give you a buzz. I really like the way that Abed also commits to putting on a performance in this episode, but still does it as Abed, of course. Yeah. And Pierce throws in for the first time in this episode, and it really kicks off what i don't know one of the many ridiculous conceits of this episode is he is so excited about being 
the the star of this show as he sees it and i'm sure they just gave him this part because it was the person who said the least and yeah. showed up on stage the most but he feels like he's the star so he throws him that don't call me honey honey and it's just <laughs> pitch perfectly ineptly delivered by chevy chase and it almost <laughs> makes it funny yeah it, it, it almost makes it more funny that he had no idea what he was saying and they managed to get this out of him you know he right because he is kind of inept like that he i he very clearly did not have any clue what was going on most of the time like in the actual story when and he that's was perfect this for this episode when he's it being is. this like pompous improvisational ass I I wondered, did Chevy, like, did he know that they were writing him as himself a lot of the time? In these I episodes? don't know how far removed he is. I don't think we can speak to that, but it's it, it's hard to see him not. Yeah. But also, <laughs> history shows otherwise. Yeah, fair enough. Annie calls cuts while other study group members are in the background with their silly costumes. Like, I think it's Jeff and Britta who are cats and Shirley They're who's cool a crayon. Cats. Yeah. Uh, and and Annie calls cuts from the rehearsal because Pierce is improvising and he's complaining because he doesn't have any lines. He thought the show was about drug awareness, so we thought he'd be very center stage for the entire performance. <laughs> and he Pierce is just a little baby throughout this entire episode. And I definitely like we know people from show choir who are kind of like this it's, in performing. Yeah, totally. That would be like, oh, but I could just do this here, or that would be like Oh, well, I should be in the front because, I don't know. Yeah. It's a thing. There are people who think that they're soloists who are not soloists, and Pierce is one of those people. No one's going to be aware of him. He's really sad, so he's trying to throw in little moments for himself. He doesn't like that he gets flushed down the toilet on page 15. (laughs) And then everyone just kind of immediately starts calling into question the point of what they're doing in the first place. It's very clear that everyone, we didn't see the beginning of this idea or how this all started but annie was like i've got to do this everyone's like ah and someone was like come on we'll do it for annie and so they're all doing it they don't really yeah, know what they're and getting you know annie gave into. them the the puppy dog baby eyes yeah they didn't think the costumes would be like this they didn't think there would be that many kids that, that they'd be on stage so yeah. they're starting to call into question what the actual conceit of this is and abed who I would imagine has never smoked marijuana, asked questions about <laughs> marijuana because his line says, honey gives you a special buzz. And he's like, does marijuana help people work faster? I thought it made them custom paint their vans and solve mysteries. And <laughs> it can do both. It depends on the person, right? Yeah. Was that, oh no, that was in the pre-show that we made it, that I that we did a Scooby-Doo thing. I don't remember doing a Scooby-Doo thing. Well, I did a Scooby-Doo thing. I was like, gee, Oh gee, yeah, Scoob. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. That was really funny, and if it's not worth a five-buck subscription on Patreon, I don't know what is, right? Yeah, come hear me impersonate Shaggy while we defuse a bomb. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. (laughs) Troy, uh, I like how this episode has a lot of obvious jokes, but they layer them so smartly, like the front stinger thing, where the first mention, we never see Troy with it on backwards, but he has the line here, are you sure that my costume's on backwards? Somehow I felt more confident before. (laughs) which is really funny and it's that's a joke that's really easy to fly over your head if you're not exactly thinking yeah because it happens so fast but it's such a funny joke and such a funny idea it's a really good one and then Shirley right away has a killer line too with the i don't think my characters would be say tripping balls okay (laughs) to make it a question (laughs) 
the whole study group's on fire this episode, even the ones that the episode doesn't call to the front of the team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Jeff doesn't really do a ton in this, but he has some funny interactions. Yeah, same, same with, with Shirley Britta. and Troy. Mm-hmm. And Britta, yeah, you're right. And Annie here explains what they're actually doing, really. They're having this convocation for at-risk kids, and there's very clear a sort of unspoken connection to Annie's issues growing up, uh, her problems with drugs in high school, that this issue is really important to her. So she tried to write something that's really important to her, even though it's silly and definitely Annie-coded with crayons and bees and cats all hanging out with each other. It's, It's very sweet. Her idea is very sweet and wholesome. Well, and what's what's funny about this is is the kids that are out there are probably what eleven to fourteen is the age range probably. I would say when you were when we were that age, this sort of childish stuff would have we would have made fun of it the whole time. Even if we weren't doing drugs, we would have been like, "This is stupid." <laughs> the kids in this one, they don't. They're pretty bored until Pierce starts being funny. I mm-hmm. think we would be laughing. Well, and we don't really know. I think they're. We would be laughing at him, and maybe yeah. these kids are, and Pierce is just noticing that they're laughing. Mm-hmm. That's true. I don't know. Annie even brings up that she wished she had seen a show like this when she was a kid, and maybe it would have uh, helped her not make some mistakes. But I think seeing all this would have driven me much closer to marijuana than farther from it, right? Well, yeah. You know, much like Britta says, she's like, my school had plenty of these shows, and I think it just made me want to do drugs. <laughs> Did you have things like that in public school, like anti-drug convocations? Because I didn't yeah, really. Yeah, we had some. They were like mostly, it was like say no to drugs and stomp out bullying. That was that was the big thing. But they, they didn't really go into detail about anything. It was just don't do drugs. Yeah, for the most part. They were like, this drug leads to all the other drugs, so don't do this <sighs> drug or yeah. the other drugs. And I'm like, bro, there's a dude selling drugs drugs in the bathroom right now in there as this convocation is going on but thanks for trying i remember there being times like that in college uh oh my god health class and there was a day of the health class where a police officer came to speak about drugs (laughs) and the police officer brought in a drug dog and he was like showing off how he could put something somewhere and he'd like the dog would like circle the room a couple times and then he'd find it and this police dog was circling this college classroom and i just saw like you know 25 people in the class with drug rugs on going like oh my god well, yeah what is this could they what do this what a terrifying thing to do at a state university like that <laughs> yeah i'm sure they know absolutely what they're doing they're like yeah. let's go scare all the stoner kids oh boy <laughs> anyway i don't really love the bit of it's a really easy sitcom joke of britta not responding to anything right and then she says thank you mm-hmm. i i think i've seen a hundred thousand shows make that same joke yeah but what they don't do is what the dean does right here. He walks into the room. <laughs> dean Dong laughs at himself. He's wearing his costume. He's got a front stinger. He does. And he's talking about, oh, he's just checking in on them, making sure everything is okay with their production before he leaves for his plans for the evening. He talks about the middle school that is visiting for the for the production, and there's going to be 50 kids that are coming to learn lessons, and it's a big deal. Everyone's really excited. 50 kids for a little thing that you're putting together with your friends isn't bad. No, it's really not. There's a pretty a funny kids. runner with the Dean and Charleston Chews in this episode. It's one of the... <laughs> One of the several funny things that Jim Rash gets to do in this one. It's like, with any luck, we'll get rid of all those Charleston chews. 
in the vending machine. He does his hand motion that doesn't really translate to podcast where he like shakes his hands yeah. in the air as if he's talking about something exciting when he's talking about getting rid of Charleston shoes. <laughs> Annie asks him if he was expecting to be in the production because he's in a bee costume. And the dean not picking up on that at all is like, come on, you can see that I have plans. And I like the way that they sell this joke, even to the point that right here, Troy's going to say, why did he get a front stinger? There's a shot of Troy, like, eyeing up and down the Dean. We don't really see the front stinger. I'm sure there were some reasons why they couldn't really have it, whereas penis would be on Yeah, you can see it when he walks in the room, like, that he's got his on backwards. But but you see Troy eyeballing it, and then he walks away. Troy says, (laughs) how come he gets a front stinger? And I think that's where we go to theme song. That's a funny joke to break the theme song. It is. Were you about to say something else? No. Okay. Just that I hate you. Just kidding. I love you, Zach. Uh, Happy birthday. Thanks. It was two months ago. <laughs> well, we don't know when people are going to be listening to this. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, it's not my birthday. Well, <laughs> that's what your mother told you. After their rehearsal, after the theme song, they're putting the study table back together. They're all out of their costume. They're getting ready to leave for the day. And here we bring up one of the most unfortunate subplots in community's history well, Before so far. that, Zach, I want to point out a joke yeah. that I thought was pretty funny and is really easy to miss. But it's the one where, do you think bees uh, eat their own honey? And he's like, I'm sure they've at least tasted it. And I feel like yeah. there's some, some That's on, a really, entendre there. On the, the audio commentary this week was just Jim Rash, Chevy Chase, and Hillary Winston who wrote the oh episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Hillary Winston said something like, I think that's the dirtiest joke I've ever sneaked that's on a network television. That's pretty bad. And Chevy Chase said, what do you mean? I raise bees. And Jim <laughs> Rash goes, Chevy, what do you think they're talking about? <laughs> it's like, honey. He said that. <laughs> oh my God! He didn't even get it. <laughs> he did. I don't think so. I don't think he cared. He wasn't saying that line, so he <laughs> wasn't there fair. when it happened. Probably. That's fair. But this brings up the subplot that's unfortunate in this episode, and a lot of people take issue with it. And there's plenty of reason to. Yeah. But it doesn't bother me that much because it doesn't take up that much of the episode. There have been other episodes of Community where there's a whole subplot that I'm not that interested in that takes up like six to eight minutes of the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Britta has been... Okay, well, and it's still weird because we don't know the sexual relationship dynamics of Jeff and Britta right here. Yeah, uh, but I'm Britta, pretty sure they're still sleeping together at this point, yeah, I right? think so, too. We haven't really seen anything other than when they were kissing in mixology certification. And I don't think Mm -hmm. we've really seen anything that gives it away for sure since then, but we probably, right? Yeah. And Britta comes up talking about a guy that's been texting her and that he, that, and that she doesn't like texting people. And Jeff wants to jump in and explain to her how she needs to like move forward into the next generation, says the old man and start texting like romantic dating culture. Uh, What do you think of, of this so far? What do you think, like, of Jeff? Is it weird how he's just jumping right into helping? Do you think there's more subtext I think in that, it than that? Uh, because of what happens with it, I feel like it could either be that Jeff really, like, this is such a casual thing that Jeff literally doesn't care. But I think okay. he clearly does care because he gets involved, right? Uh, but I think that it, I don't know if it's a control thing for Jeff or if it's a. I really don't know what his motivation is to be so involved in this. 
I feel like there's a line you can draw to it. I feel like the back, mm-hmm. the it, I feel like it's there, but I don't yeah. know either. Chang is really funny the way that he <laughs> walks into the room, says to Jeff and Brito, who are talking just to each other, can't talk now, and walks up to Shirley. And again, we get brought up that we're still dealing with Shirley is pregnant, Chang might be the, ba- the baby daddy. It's not my favorite thing that they've ever done, but no. I've said this on the Save Greendale committee, that this is like the one episode that I think they did the best with what they had done with these characters. They did. They, it's, they're here now. They've kind of made this bed that they're going to lie in, that Chang might be the father, so they at least better have something that's somewhat funny with it. And I think this is the funniest stuff that they have is this yeah. episode. I agree, and I might even go as far to say that this might be my favorite Chang episode we've had ever. I think so. Ever. So far, just because he's he's not in it a ton, but he's really, really funny, and his presence in the story uh, folds in with everything else that's going on in a way that it usually doesn't. Well, and I think I laughed every scene that he's in in this episode. Yeah, this is funny. He walks up to Shirley. He's trying to make peace with her because he might be the dad, so he made a mixtape. I hope you like Johnny Gill. Yeah, I, I had no idea who Johnny Gill is, and I think you know that. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that you know, maybe you just really hung on to it. I kind of know New Edition, but I no, I don't know Johnny Gill. And I really like the Craigslist cassette player bit. It's a yeah. funny character thing. There's some really funny character moments in this. And I, it's really almost wholesome how Chang is trying to look good for Shirley, but without any type of agenda. Yeah, he just literally, like, it's it's not called the... The fall in love with Chang mix. It's called the get to know Chang mix. Yeah, I might be the to... dad. We might be in some way entangled with each other, so we should be tight. We should be cool, at mm-hmm. least, right? Yeah, I don't know why there isn't really any mention. I guess there isn't need for her to mention Andre in this episode, but last episode, things ended on a note of them on the up and up, and Andre's yeah. like, I'm going to step up and be there for the kid, no matter who sure. it is. And I imagine that's still very much the case, which is why they don't push a lot with the Chang mm-hmm. thing as far as his, his uh, you know. And you don't have Malcolm Jamar Warner. Jamar yeah. Jamal. I was Jamal, say, I think. I don't know why I always do that. You don't have him every week. I think they get him back a couple of times, but you, you can't yeah, have him once. every time. Shirley isn't willing to listen to Chang at all throughout this entire episode. And she's like, Britta, are you storming out of this room too? <laughs> Britta's like, sure. And they storm off together. Nice moment. They leave. Chang's in the dust. I like the little interaction where Britta says, you know, you're going to have to address Chang eventually. And first Shirley says, I don't know who you're talking about. But then she says, I know who you're talking about. He doesn't exist. (laughs) And then we kind of start off the Pierce-Annie dynamic of this episode. And I feel like putting these characters in a storyline together, especially the type of storyline that this becomes with blackmail, is really kind of tricky territory with Pierce being so old and Annie being so young and him following her around throughout this episode and showing up at her apartment it would be easy for this to not work and and maybe it doesn't a hundred percent but I think they did a really good job in in this episode yeah they made it the right kind of weird and not the wrong kind of weird absolutely I'm sure they would have had conversations about that too Mm -hmm. like it has to be very very clear that Pierce is going through something different than that yeah it has to be that pierce is literally that much of a baby that he wants more lines and so he's gonna follow her and try and figure out how to get it yeah as opposed to him following annie because he's interested in her romantically right there there's nothing with a lot of depth here 
Uh, it's when he's talking about how he was in TV commercials for the the Moist Talat company this family owned, which there's a f- funny, sad turn of events with that a little bit later in the episode. Uh, he says he was kind of the Gerber baby of Moist Talets, and and there's a really funny bit that that Chevy has about. And we've talked before how it's clear on the set of Community all the time. He's like, oh, I can dance and I can I can sing and I can play a funny song on the guitar and I can I can cook and I can do magic tricks. And, yeah. and, and this episode, Pierce, like, literally does that. Where he's like, I've done <laughs> acting workshops, I can do accents, and I really love the bit of... Accents? Name any country. Russia. Point being, there are many tools I can bring to the table that I think the script may be wasting. <laughs> and I like the way that Annie's face is like set up for him to do an impression, and then she's like, oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Pierce is here because, you know, he wants to be more involved and centered in this production. He wants to be the center of attention for everyone. And Annie holds your ground well here. You know, she says, you know what, Pierce? I think the best thing is that the only star of this play is the message. But Pierce has a snide, oh, is the message Jeff Winger? He's on every page of this thing. Now, did you ever, now you've done a lot of theater in your time. Did you ever have somebody that was like a line counter and they were like, well, this person has more lines than me. That's not. Well, I don't think so because you get the part you get, you know, it's not the other person's fault or, you know what I mean? I, if you were on a TV show every week where you could get different level of Mm. importance, it would be different. Uh, definitely though, there are people in community theater that don't like to take direction from people and won't Mm. just like do what the director says. And eventually, regardless of how like stupid it might be in some situations, you should just like do what the director says. They're the director. And I only have one slight experience with that and you were there. Uh, Oh really? It wasn't theater. Was it when you screamed Nazi words at a production of the Diary of Anne Frank? No. From the audience? No, not that. It was when we were doing a test record of a pilot for a show we were working on together. And the, the, the oh, person yeah. we were working oh, with would sure. not recite a single line the way it was written or intended. Uh, yeah. Steven and, and, he, and I... He made a trip to Dildopolis right before recording, apparently. because That is a really them. good connection to this episode, honestly. Because, yeah, yeah, Steven and I in college, we were lame and thought we had cool TV show ideas. I still and, think it's a cool idea. And maybe we did. And we, I, I wrote a couple of things. And we did, like, some test footage. And the footage was not going well. And that was not the only reason. But... The the show was a sitcom about Jesus Christ coming back to Earth mm-hmm. and being kind of like a Seth Rogen type and yeah. kind of like a f- up who's just finding his way like everyone else. And so I, I had one of my friends who is kind of that in real life uh, try to play Jesus, and he just wouldn't say anything the way it was supposed to be said. None, not a single uh, line. Everything was made dirtier and all over his apartment where we were filming, he would be like, oh, it'd be funny if for this Jesus show, if there were like pornographic magazines all over the table and if I had these dildos in my bag and stuff yeah, like that. It was and really it, And weird. it was kind of like, I don't know. It was it was literally like we were filming a thing that we had done and asked him to do. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, no, we're going to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. It was, I don't know what the point of that story is. It was it was lame. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been a really funny show. So there was some funny stuff. Yep. <laughs> Don't and steal it. And it never happened. Uh, anyway, yeah. Britta left her phone, Abed points out, and he goes to grab it so Jeff can't, but Jeff gets it first, and this starts off Jeff's texting storyline. And th- Britta's gotten a text that says, I'll be at the show tomorrow night, can't wait to see you, and Jeff takes it as the person that Britta was talking about being potentially romantically involved with. How could a red flag not be raised immediately that Jeff wouldn't think, 
oh well, why is this date coming to a fifty kid anti drug gathering thing? Show. Maybe yeah. I should at least mention it to Britta. I don't. I don't know. It. It just. Yeah. So, Jeff takes her phone and texts back. I can't wait to see you. Uh, okay, the cousin who Jeff thinks is someone else says, "Are you really wearing a cat costume? Can't wait to see you." And Jeff types back something dirty. Uh, can't wait for you to see what's underneath. And he thinks he's doing Britta a favor. He thinks he's controlling her. I don't know what he thinks he's doing, but it's not a good look on Jeff. And I like that at least we have Abed throughout this episode to be <laughs> a very silent uh, voice of reason in this story, who just the whole time is like us. He's like, Jeff, no. Well, and that's such no, a great line here from Abed. Boy, he's like, no. how could you think that's a good idea? Like, <laughs> there's nothing about what you just did that was good. Like, I got a better question. How could it not be a great idea? And I think that's probably the point where Abed says, okay, I'll watch and see where this happens, but mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything else because I tried. Yeah. Now we get this uh, montage that we kind of talked about for a second where Pierce starts to follow Annie around throughout her daily activities to, at this point, you know, at this point, I don't think it has anything to do with money yet. He's just trying to find out a way to get more lines in the play yeah. and then happens to notice that she's been collecting cans and going to a recycling plant to make small amounts of money, right? Yeah. What do you think his plan was immediately following her? I think her plan was to just follow her and talk to, to her like about save her lines. in some regard. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. So Annie gets her recycling money. It's only a couple bucks for a ton of cans that she's collected. She drives off in a really crappy car. Pierce is just right next to him, next to her, twiddling his thumbs, uh, watching, and then he follows her to her apartment, which is a little creepy. A little mm-hmm. creepy, Pierce. Annie's, Although, honestly, decent-sized studio apartment, Annie. Good for you. Annie's apartment, the set of it is just perfect because it is a decent-sized studio apartment, but, but it does look like <laughs> shit when you look at things like the door, the like radiator, the bars on the windows. But yeah. it's been so Annie-fied with purple rug and purple paint on the walls and the, the type of furniture that was probably all from her parents' house in her high school bedroom, you know? And I love that whenever we see Annie's apartment, there's like flashing lights outside yeah. from the window that, that paint Dildopolis is this the picture of a store that's like a carnival that's just always pumping, right? Well, and she has six locks on the door. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, they're needed, clearly. They've definitely added more locks over time for different reasons. Yeah. I like when, when Pierce knocks on the door and she looks through the people and Pierce is like looking really close and then backs <laughs> up and looks the other way. It's really funny. And when Pierce comes in, they take it a little blue collar with the joke about a rapist and the way Annie yeah. says, Pierce, that's my landlord. And if he wanted to rape you, you'd be raped. Yeah. Yikes. It's dark, but it's scary. Funny. Place. Mm-hmm. Not many shows other than community could sneak in jokes like that. Yeah. On network TV at eight o'clock. That's not like an uh, animated show. Well, and, and I think because the victim would be Chevy Chase, this old man, it, I don't want to say softens it, but it'd be different than like if he said that to Annie. You know, it'd be very different. Yeah. Pierce is basically stormed into, well, you know, he has an agenda, but it, he makes it look as if he stormed into, say that he's picked up that Annie is not living very well and he's upset about it. I like his little bit. Uh, you live above Dildopolis. And when did they get a second location? <laughs> and we learn a little bit about how Annie has been making ends meet. Uh, her parents hadn't been paying for stuff ever since she went to rehab because they wanted her to just to avoid the problem and when she chose to get better they just stopped they 
they cut her off of money. And it's probably good at a point to be cut off from your parents' money. But that's a little blurb that they don't dive too deep in that tells us a lot about Annie. Yeah. That she really, she chose getting better over being having Which support. Which is a tough and thing to do. Stability, especially when you're 18. Yeah. Good for and she, she apparently she'd been saving all of her money her entire life, uh, babysitting money, birthday checks, birthday period check. fairy dollars, and she's been using that to get by in this really cheap apartment. And I'm sure, that, and that's a little bit of a stretch. There's no way that that could have been enough for her to have been living for a year, year and a half or so, and going to college and playing co- paying college bills. I don't know too much about. Uh, traditions of judaism do girls get a do they have a bach mitzvah guys have a bot mitzvah they have a bot mitzvah or a bat bath miser what's it called and you get a lot of money yeah there's it was one of my lines in the play i was just in there's bar mitzvah and there's bot mitzvah so bar mitzvah is for it's for boys but i don't know get if bar mitzvah their, their is just for girls and then bach mitzvahs are for for girls. Bar mitzvahs get... when they get their peepees cut, aren't they thirteen? Yeah, is that when they get their peepees cut? It's when they become a man. But that's not when they get their peepees cut. They just well, read some... out of the Torah. Well, in some maybe it's Islam. I think where you they get, get your their peepees cut, cut when they're born. Yeah. Ah, I think it's Islam when you're like thirteen, you get your shit snipped. I don't think they're like, you're a man now. You're ready to feel this. Now you will remember. <laughs> yeah. <it."> no. <laughs> Oh, that's some religions like uh, they you get cut later on in life. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Pierce likens himself to Annie like we talked about and and how they have trouble letting people control them and Annie does kind of bond over that with him, but it's totally a ruse to set up Pierce to be able to control her. <sighs> a jest. What? And now I said a jest. Now, and, and here's a question and and I thought about this cuz we asked this and we went over this episode a little bit on the Save Greendale Committee, whether Pierce, you know, he he obviously goes, he writes her a check. He's like, I'm going to help you out because he sees that she's you know, trying to make it on her own and step out from her parents, and he can respect that. But he kind of has a moment in a little bit where he almost walks out of the room. And upon further inspection, he was never walking out of that room. Of course he wasn't, no. He was never walking out of that room. He, the whole time, was planning on being like, well... He gives Annie money, and yes, he acts like he's going to leave, but he turns back around to mention the play. And he says it's so like, oh, well, come to think of it, maybe you could. After they've had a nice moment, they've had a hug, Pierce is like, maybe you could write me in just a, a couple little lines, something about the play. And it's total blackmail. I don't think Pierce ever had any good intentions, just like no. you said. And I think Pierce is the type of person, and not to say that this automatically makes you a bad person because I think we all do it to a degree. I think Pierce is the type of person that he's not going to do something for you unless it benefits him. Right? Yeah, totally. I don't think there have been many times in the show that Pierce has done something for someone that didn't benefit him as well. I think there are a couple times, like maybe when he kind of says some nice things to Shirley after he's already been ostracized by the group. Kind of though, because he'll apologize for something, but never for like his, his bad words and behavior. No, yeah, he he's not the 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 sweetest chocolate bar on the mm. checkout rack. <laughs> I like the way Chevy delivers. You know, he gets lines in the play out of Annie, and Annie says, "Well, you were the Gerber baby of Moist Towelettes," and I like Pierce's delivery of just yes, yes, I was <laughs> like taking himself so seriously. Uh, Zach, I want to stop for a second to thank our sponsor okay. for yeah. today. Um, moist towelettes. 
but not any moist towelettes. We've got special Acme brand moist towelettes. <laughs> they're big, they're wet, you're gonna need a whole towel when you're done using it. Did you, you need a towel a and you need it moist and you need it now and we're here for you. Did you make a big old mess with something that normal washing of hands won't clean up? Uh -oh. Acme moist towelettes. Wham. Did you get a lot of blood on something, but you don't really remember where it's from because you took a lot of drugs last night and not the good kind? Acme Moist Towelettes. Are you eating barbecue at a family gathering, but likewise afterwards need to clean up after masturbating in the bathroom? <laughs> Acme Moist Towelettes! <laughs> to thoughts of your similarly aged and confusingly <laughs> related cousin? Acme towelettes. <laughs> Acme towelettes. Whether we it's won't by ask. blood or not, we won't ask and we'll clean it up. Thanks, Acme. Uh, Thanks, guys. Weird ad you had us run, but I yeah. get it. You know, sex sells. <laughs> Acme moist towelettes. Now we get a really, a really telling scene about Pierce's history that's also really funny in how dark it is. Mm -hmm. It's very much like making of a monster, you know? Pierce is yeah. watching old footage of his Gerber baby towelette commercials, and, and we see his, what we uh, assume is him as a kid with his dad, who we've <laughs> kind of heard little musings about all season, and he looks exactly like you would think, and he sounds exactly yeah. like you would think. They said something on the commentary about him being the same voice as the space bus. Nice. I don't know if that's exactly true. I don't know if they really confirmed it. They just it kind of talked. It sounds about it. like him, but it also, you know, not to look too far in the future, but when they actually have his dad come on, it's a pretty spot on voice similarity between the one they have playing his right. current day dad. So he's watching himself in a commercial, and we cut between the old grainy footage with a shot of Pierce that gets closer and closer as he really scarily, somberly. Mm -hmm watches this footage and it's really great setup for next week dungeons and dragons yeah when he becomes like the villain of the show yeah this is like making of a villain and this specific shot right here of him next to the projector watching it really runs parallel and i'm sure this had to be intentional but there's a yeah. scene in family vacation i think i mentioned this on the save greendale committee um where he's watching old family videos like this in the attic because he's stuck up there and he's all cold but he's looking at it with like loving eyes reminiscing about right. how wonderful his you know childhood was and here it's the opposite because this chevy chase is not clark griswold it's pierce hawthorne and it's also Okay, so obviously what happens is the kid that's in the commercial isn't Pierce. And Pierce, as a kid, interrupts the commercial talking about how he wants to be in the commercial. But Pierce is like Pierce is now, you know? He's, yeah. don't call me honey, honey. He's Zaba to Zooey. He, <laughs> uh, he's, he's a little nuts. And he doesn't play well on this serious commercial. And he wanted so badly the attention from his, from his parent and from uh, being on a commercial. And he tried so hard and got so far. But in the end, it didn't even matter. Look at what he's done. Erased himself. Spider-Man 2. Hey, yo. Or 3. I forget. I think that one's from 2. Or was it from Transformers? Yeah. <laughs> Your father's a lucky man, Nigel. <laughs> the way Pierce opens his mouth a little bit on that last shot of him and, like, bares his teeth at the old footage. Yeah, he's furious. Full of rage. 
After that commercial break, we're getting back to the drug awareness program. We're getting ready for it, and Pierce is handing out new scripts that he's touched up overnight using Whiteout. (laughs) (laughs) And we get a really funny scene here where they read through the new line. They look over Pierce's first change, and it's just that in the middle of the scene, he interjects, (laughs) Zabadazooey! And nobody laughs like he wants them to, and then Jeff ad-libs... Uh, whatever he says that's sarcastic. Good, Good one. one. And everyone laughs, and Pierce is immediately jealous of the attention that Jeff got off of that, which is really, <sighs> really funny. Everyone's getting into costume, getting ready for the show, and Pierce immediately takes Annie to the side and says, I don't feel comfortable with the Zabatazooey line. <laughs> that's another really good Pierce fit throughout this episode. <laughs> Let's give Jeff the Zabatazooey line, and I'll come in with good one. Crazy old man. It's, it's more, more in my, in my voice. voice. Also, I thought here, uh, okay, so he says, yeah, Jeff would never let that. Yeah, whatever. And then he says something about Annie being the producer. Is that him making a cut at her in some way? I don't think so. Wouldn't she be more than just the producer? She's yeah, like the she's the writer, director. Yeah, she's the Aziz Ansari. Yeah, I was going to say she's the Woody Allen, but. Mm. Have you seen I mean, the, uh, there's a thing out right now i think it's on hulu it's like a documentary about his gross ass oh no i haven't have you watched it i have not i had some cobras that were talking about it i don't know if i want to watch it because i've always known he was mm. disgusting and i don't know that i need to hear all the details i've heard he's made some good movies though he has made some good movies he also uh married his daughter and yeah probably assaulted another one but yep another daughter yeah nice Woody Allen, Hollywood! Woody Allen, live from a Chicago Waffle House bathroom. (laughs) Woody, come on the show. Let's talk about it, you disgusting piece of shit. (laughs) Let's talk about ants and why it's a bug's life. And Pierce even pulls the, oh, is this your pen? I must have left it in my pocket after writing you that check yesterday. (laughs) Just totally blackmailing Annie. Annie knows exactly what's going on. But I'm sure for Annie, the sweet girl who's been having such a struggle of it lately... This check means everything to her. Well, yeah, because obviously right? it was big enough to like cover her rent. Right. So it's life changing, and and she's falling back into what she was trying to get away with from her parents, and mm-hmm. it's sad for her. And it's terrible because Pierce. I mean, Pierce knows exactly what he's doing, and and he's fine with it. He doesn't feel bad at all. I don't think he ever feels really bad about it. Yeah. He's. <laughs> yeah. Now we're getting the dean introducing the play talking about how volunteers are handing out drug-free baseballs, huh? <laughs> the dean's so funny. The way he holds his hands when he's standing up, is he's got a little bit of physical comedy in this episode yeah. that works really well. And then we get another funny Chang and Shirley scene. <laughs> Chang just, like, floats into the mirror as Shirley is trying to put makeup on and says, you can't ignore me forever. I like the way Shirley he doesn't just even gets look up at and Shirley leave. in this. He only looks at, like, her reflection. And then it yeah, Shirley up. leaves immediately, and he touches up his makeup. It's like, I don't know why you'd want to. <laughs> I think one of the reasons Chang hasn't been in this season that much is because Kim Jong was filming one of the Hangover sequels. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. I think maybe Hangover 2. Now we cut to a scene that's totally just expository, you know, for Britta to say, hey, my cousin Marcus is coming to see the show. He's from the middle school that is coming. 
and he's 14 and I didn't think he liked me but he texted me and said can't wait to see you I've been looking forward to this you're the coolest aunt in the world really clunky writing here the the storyline writes Britta really clunkily she has nothing to do with it when it should surround her more if they were going to do this well and I think you brought this up one time before but you can't you can only see the message that was sent today not the whole conversation that was going on immediately before it and then same right away that first Britta doesn't realize what an emotopenis is. Yeah. And then after that is totally willing to just let Jeff hold on to her phone because I he think said that, so. that even if Britta didn't text a whole lot, it very clearly looks like a like looks like a dick. She's not a hundred years old and she's not an idiot. She no. totally knows what's going on. It's insane. But this is probably my favorite scene after that of the storyline where mm-hmm. Jeff is rattling on about how this is developed to Abed and they keep getting texts from Marcus and Jeff makes up new things to send back where he's trying to get himself out of this and just gets deeper and deeper and the entire scene Abed is just entirely silent and staring at Jeff and just (laughs) judging him and I like the fine screw you Abed because he's looking at Abed from different angles trying to get like advice from him and Abed's just yeah Jeff knows exactly what Abed has to say Mm -hmm. yeah this is such a weird storyline, and it's so weird that Jeff just doubles down on it. I don't know. Also, why does he still have her phone? <laughs> he was like, hey, go get dressed. I'll take that. And Britta said, okay, and walked away. Oh, good grief. Jeff tries to get out of it, say it was a mistake to Marcus. Marcus says, it can't be a mistake. You call me by name. And it's really unfortunate to hear when we're talking about a kid, and it's Jeff texting him. And then he sends a picture. We don't get told explicitly what the picture is, but Jeff reacts to it as if it's a dick pic and shows it off to Abed and says, look at this. (laughs) Abed does not look because he does not want to be incriminated by having a child's penis in his line of sight. Right. Not great, community, but I do love this episode. And it is a little bit so ridiculous that it's silly, but if you're putting any thought into it at all, it does not hold up. Nope. Don't call me, honey. Honey, we get as the play is starting and Pierce is making himself the best part of it. And the kids are laughing at him, not with him. Yeah. Meanwhile, backstage, Chang again comes up to Shirley. (laughs) A really funny Chang thing here. Are you ignoring me because I'm Korean? You're Chinese. Oh, there's a difference? (laughs) And Shirley calls him crazy and it's a little harsh and says there's something wrong with him. And the idea that she had sex with Chang makes her feel like there's something wrong with her. And if there's a baby between the two of them, it would have something wrong. And Shirley is maybe a little harsh here, but I kind of get everything that she's saying. And Chang has been following her around, and she hasn't said anything until she kind of had to. Until she's like, no, dude. She's like, you back off. Leave me alone. Just ain't it, bro. Mm -hmm. And I feel, you know, Chang is trying to be a good guy here. Then Shirley's called on stage for the funeral scene, which involves <laughs> Jeff's character, who is assuming he died because of drugs. And he's still texting in the coffin, texting Marcus, who's texting from the audience. We get another really funny Dean line when he says, well, that answers my question. Jeff Winger does even look sexy in a coffin, which was that his question? Does Jeff Winger look sexy in a coffin? I think he'd wondered. He's like, I wonder if Jeff is sexy even in death. It's like if they lived together, he's wondering about how he would look once he died, right? Yeah. And Troy and Ovid humming taps as 
Bumblebees is very funny too. So funny. Steven, you were a big old trumpet boy and we don't talk about it that much. Did you yeah. ever get the honor of playing taps? Every year. High school? Uh, for multiple things. Uh, high school, middle school, played at all the Veterans Day convos. I went and played at the like the firehouse in Pendleton a few times. Uh, I played at band camp, different like military things. Lil and I'm I had a, a conversation right recently about how trumpets were totally and tenors in choir mm-hmm. were totally the kind of music nerd equivalents of like meathead jocks. Oh yeah, totally. We're the we're the superstars. We're the ones that like you know, we we carried the whole team on our back. If it yeah, for us, and they make nothing. sure that everyone knows that they know it too. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm, just take us out of the song. What's it sound like? Shit. There you go. Yeah. Certainly not clarinets holding it down. Make sure Lily listens to that part. Hey, Lil, clarinet is not the most important instrument in the band. I don't think they would wager that it was. <laughs> well, just make sure they know. I don't think anyone is. <laughs> There's like no really clarinet in there. <laughs> the the opera is not- ruined. <laughs> Margaret, oh. clutch those pearls. <laughs> oh, finally, my favorite part of the movement, the clarinet solo. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> oh, pither-pather, there's no clarinet at all. <laughs> oh, I can't wait until the baritone voices and the alto twos come in. <laughs> oh, my God. You're expecting me to have nothing in between a flute and a saxophone? My lord! (laughs) Where's the middle ground? This isn't jazz, nor is it a military march. (laughs) Somebody give me a goddamn clarinet. It's like a charcuterie board without the argula. (laughs) I don't know why that was Italian all of a sudden. (laughs) Without the argula, come on, Come on, throw a little clarinet in there, come on. (laughs) Where the clarinet, come on, where's the berry too, come on, the clarinets kiss and get married. Pierce shows up to be on stage for what's supposed to be his funeral scene in the drug play, but he has something else in mind, although he shows up to go on stage right at the last second, so he isn't able to be stopped. He's got fireworks, he's got this crazy uh, Madagascar 3. <laughs> Thank you, because I was thinking Madagascar as well. I unapologetically like all three Madagascar movies. I've never seen the third one. I just remember the commercial being on It all was the time. much better I than it should have been for the Saw third and enjoyed the an first series. two. And then when the third one came out, I think I was like, the circus? Meh. Yeah, it was better than I thought it was going to be. I really liked it. Huh. But he's There's wearing the... Bear. And this probably came out before Madagascar 3. But he's wearing mm-hmm. the absolutely iconic Madagascar 3 wig <laughs> to show up for the funeral. And he's got these big sparklers. And he's making the show just about him. Never mind. It's not Drugs' funeral, obviously. It's it's Jeff's mm-hmm. funeral. But he Drugs shows up to interrupt it with sparklers. And is this where he says it? Is this where he says it? Yep. <laughs> And the kids go f- nuts. As yeah. would I, though, yeah. Heike. Because, yeah, you're a 13-year-old kid that laughs at everything, but you're like, oh, my God, I like Pokemon. <laughs> and in and the he audio has commentary, fire, like... they were like, Chevy, do you even know what Pokemon is? And he was like, oh, it's a game, right? It's a game. <laughs> they were like, kind of. <laughs> That's one way to put it. 
I don't think that's right, drugs. Nobody asked you, crayon. He's just such an asshole. Yeah. And totally just giving in to the fantasy he's always had of what it would be like to be on stage like this. You know? I never noticed the uh, the wreath next to Jeff's casket that says meow in peace. Yes, meow in peace. Beautiful. Nice. He's got a halo on, even though he's a corpse. That doesn't really track. <laughs> Then Pierce is just knocking th- everything over with his sparklers. He hands them off to Abed. He's chasing Shirley around. <laughs> and they call Pierce out on stage. I hope you're proud of this. I hope you like what you've done. And Pierce says, look what I'm doing now. And he starts farting all over Jeff's body. I love Jeff's little wince away when he does <laughs> it. And all the kids just laughing their ass off. Smells like something died in here. And this nice is line. so... I, I imagine that Chevy, in a lot of ways, would have seen this material and been like, I do not want to do that. But he did, and he really sold it. And it's so funny to where, if you can remove yourself from Chevy Chase being an actual uh, inept human being, mm-hmm. the way he plays Pierce's ineptity in this episode great. would make you think that it's not coming from someone who is, right? Right, because he does it in such a great way that it couldn't possibly be someone who's actually like this. It really speaks to the writing and the <laughs> the backstage talent on Community. And I'm sure it's it's not that Chevy Chase isn't talented. Of course he's a talented comedic performer. It's just that, you know, all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Pierce is basking in his glory. Meanwhile, backstage, Britta is trying to help Annie get out of this. They're trying to decide, should they sit off the sprinkler? Should they do something? But Annie has been blackmailed, you know? She's kind of just... I guess we just got to let what happen happens. But I think if I was Annie, uh, something like running the sprinklers would be the perfect way to get out of a situation like this. Oh, totally. Because it's a nightmare. That's a good idea. They don't think the kids are getting the message because all of a sudden the kids only like the drugs part of this play. They're all cheering for drugs. But he's about to get flushed down the toilet in the next scene and he'll be gone. So it should be good. Then we cut back to the stage. They've got this really funny toilet set that they bring down. And they're <laughs> flushing drugs down the toilet. Pierce still just throwing out every quip that comes to his mind in between each thing. Drugs made you. And then he does this little like, oh, whoa, 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 dances. He's being flushed down the toilet. Really, really, really insanely silly. So silly. Garrett and Annie drag him off the stage and help him up. And I like that Annie, you know, calls out Pierce. And Pierce says something about, well, I guess I won't be coming back to your apartment with a generous spirit anytime soon. And then it cuts to a shot of Garrett looking at the two of them. That's really, really funny. (laughs) Pierce has also explained what a floater is. And I like the hand gesture he does for it. Mm -hmm. Like he's cupping a banana. Yeah. Yeah, when Pierce says, yesterday you couldn't pay your rent. Now you can't. Garrett's like, what the (laughs) Pierce is just being a complete asshole and Annie's quickly realizing that it's time for her to stand up for herself meanwhile on stage everyone's dancing in happiness with a drug free life getting rid of drugs was a great idea but the kids don't agree with it they start throwing baseballs the drug free baseballs at the people on stage I like Donald's delivery of I'm flying higher than I ever have thanks to not drugs (laughs) he gets hit right in the head with a ball I was just thinking too of how well they spaced that where they would have thrown it perpendicular to his head for him to react to and the timing was perfect it looks really good so they're all getting blasted with these balls from the audience and then drugs comes out of the toilet Pierce comes back out of the toilet throws down a smoke smoke bomb. bomb I'm back and all the kids are excited Pierce goes into the audience to address his disciples. Ain't no party without drugs. 
They all give him a standing ovation, rush to him to hug him. He's a god. He gets to feel like <laughs> a god. And a young, impressionable girl who looks shockingly like little Annie Adderall says, I love you, drugs, which really strikes just another chord for Annie of how far this has gone. I love you, drugs. It's a mess. After the commercial, Pierce is coming off stage for like his break, you know, to get psyched up for the second half. Mm-hmm. And the audience is just cheering how much we want drugs. Throughout the rest of the scene that happens backstage, the kids, we want drugs. <laughs> Do you think, where are the people that that work at this middle school that brought all of these kids? Are they Probably not, like, getting high in the parking lot. <laughs> 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 they walk in and this is happening. They're all like, whoa. They're like, do we? Are you seeing this too? <laughs> listen to that dad they're high on me i'm a god that's what i say to communities on twitter after every podcast and it is we record I've, ourselves I've been, and i'm yet to receive a response maybe one day pierce is on fire he's ready to go back on stage and kill it everyone's high on him and he hasn't had to use a single penis joke yet and he's got so many stacked up <sighs> so that we're in for a great second and third act i'm sure and he finally stands up to pierce and says we're going to do what we were supposed to do and we're going to do some damage control but pierce is so lost in his ridiculous 50 kid superstardom <laughs> he's like no i can that he thinks he can do whatever he wants and, and annie makes it clear that that's not happening anymore he's not going back on the stage and then pierce reveals to everyone what's been really going on here that that pierce has been showing up to annie with a generous spirit and and giving money and then i've always really 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 enjoyed allison's acting here when she finally yeah. tells off pierce you sick sick sad old man this is why i didn't want to take money from my parents i don't want anybody pulling my strings wait wait it's good cuz it's 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 angry and annie doesn't get angry very often and i like a- it and pierce Obviously gets shit on a lot, rightfully so, mm-hmm. but it's not very often that someone doesn't hold back on him like Annie does here, and he needs that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Shirley's done it, but it, a lot of times they just kind of shrug it off when he needs to be, I don't know, like reprimanded. And and the way that Annie delivers the you sick, sick, sad old man is a really, really nice moment that cuts deep. And, and this is such... Like often in community, it's such a ridiculous scenario, but it's gotten to a breaking point that has real world uh, issues and it needs to be dealt with. Once everyone else finds out that Annie's doing this because Pierce has been giving her money, uh, then they all kind of turn on Annie, don't they? Yeah, they do because they're like, listen, we were doing this for you out of the kindness of our hearts. None of us wanted to be in this play. And we were just putting up with it, and Pierce throws you some money, and now he gets to do whatever he wants, and he's in charge. Like, that's not what we signed up for. That's not cool. Like, we were doing this because you were trying to help out kids, and because we thought this was something close to your heart, but you sold out, you know? And that's not cool, Annie. Right. Jeff literally has the line of, we all did this because of your, what was the word that he uses, because of your ideals, and then Mm -hmm. it turns out you don't have any. Yeah. So she's fired, not them. Before Pierce was fired, though, the next time I'm near Dildopolis, I will not be coming upside to say hi. Britta tells Annie she's fired. Perfect timing for the dean to come from back and says, here's the situation. We've got 50 (laughs) at-risk preteens armed with baseballs, chanting for drugs. I love the delivery of who just spent intermission eating nothing but Charleston chews. Thank God. (laughs) Hope you can top act one. And then that's when... The, the picture of Jeff from his funeral, you know, falls off the truck and the, the dean just happens to take it. Oh, my God. It's so Perfect great. Moment. I want to know where he hung so that funny. up. 
I don't. I would imagine on the ceiling above his bed. Nice. That's good my spot guess. for it. Yeah, that's where I'd put it. Right. Everyone's kind of ready to just leave, and Jeff is a voice of reason in a way that he often isn't in this one. Because Jeff normally would be like, "Yeah, let's bail." But yeah. he realizes that, look, we've just really screwed up all of these kids. <laughs> we've created a bunch of potential meth heads, and maybe we can at least get it back to the national average. <laughs> Shirley says that's a suicide mission, <laughs> prompting yet another amazing entry from Chang. Did someone say – let me hear you do it. Did someone say crazy person? But he does it more like, did someone say crazy person? <laughs> They're like, no. Well, I heard it. (laughs) Chang is so funny in this episode. He's so good. Cut back to the kids still chanting how bad they want drugs. And then we get a great turn of phrase, a great way to end this situation in a way that is both kind of an after school special, but still mocking doing that kind of Mm -hmm. thing where Chang comes out as a very mentally deranged version of drugs. With, like, the twisted-up leaf and... (laughs) Yeah, it looks just crumpled up. You're not drugs, but he is. Drugs don't last the way that you think they will forever. I'm gonna deep-fry your dog and eat your mama's face. (laughs) I'm gonna wear your little brother's skin like pajamas. And everyone gets really upset, and he says, I control your lives, there's nothing you could do. And for Chang, being a literally crazy person, this is a good turn of thing to come up with. It's worked out for him. Bring it on, Bow The kids attack him, and he takes it on the chin to fix this problem for all these kids, but really for Shirley. And it's a nice little way that just everything kind of molds together in the end, right? Yeah, it's Chang just really comes in and saves the day. He is the hero. Annie still gets to feel uplifted because the kids that she just thought she might have ruined their lives and set them down the path that she went down, at least it's a little bit better now after what just happened. Yeah, they're not totally ruined. The dean gives him glowing praise about how it just felt like a great, purposeful, even though it wasn't, uh, reenaction of chemical dependency and the way that it it affects people and make the kids think that they needed drugs. (laughs) I do kind of wish a little bit that they didn't do this because it's an example of telling us something that we just saw happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't like being explained to, but yeah. it's still fine. It's not that bad. Well, you see, Zach, they did that because we need to know what happened. Yeah, but there's no laugh track, so how am I supposed to know when there was a joke? Well, you see, on a good show like Big Bang Theory, right? they tell you when to laugh, when to aw, when to gasp, and when to woo because the nerd kisses the pretty girl yeah i really only did this podcast about community because i thought it was dharma and greg <laughs> wow nice and then the dean he did bring up that how good it was but it was really just a an in for the conversation to say something now now that i'm in here what is the plan for those b costumes they'll all have front stingers soon right now we get a scene that let's just glance over it. You know, Jeff meets Marcus, who has shown up to this play with flowers for his what aunt. What a weird kid. Jeff shows up, and man, I if anything, I like that this gives us Jeff having to do something really humiliating by mm-hmm. confronting this kid and leveling with him to make up for what he's done. But he is not at all asked. It's like there's only two minutes left in the episode, so he's not asked at all to do anything to make up for what he's done he doesn't get caught by britta uh he just kind of gets to be a slime and get away with it yeah and the only one who knows really is abed and abed's not gonna say anything but it's it's terrible gross 
Jeff just tries to say the right smooth things to get out of it, but Marcus is a smooth little boy. Uh, he realizes that this situation is Blackmail City, and he requests something from Jeff to make this all go away, and we cut away from the conversation without exactly realizing what it is yet. Yeah, and it is, it, it's pretty gross because he is a smooth little boy, uh, which makes it all the worse. He's like, pretty gross sending those pictures to your aunt. And he's like, you sent those messages to an underage boy, knowing that I was an underage boy. All bad, all gross. Thumbs down to Jeff and Marcus for their behavior. Next week on iTunes, review of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. All bad, all gross. All bad. Two thumbs <laughs> down. <laughs> Now we get a little moment where Shirley and Chang get to come to terms a little bit. Shirley offers him an apology and says that it was rude to call him crazy and that maybe, maybe she hasn't given him enough credit. And yet another killer Chang line of, I'll go get Chang. And you can tell him that yourself. Shirley laughs like it's a joke, but then Chang's smile definitely says that it's not a joke. And he's so stuck into that until everyone comes to congratulate him on doing a good job. And he, like, snaps out of it. He's like, oh, yeah, thanks, guys. Oh, a lot really of ad-libbing. Weird, really funny moment. A lot I love when he hugs Jeff and Jeff just shoves him away. He's like, okay. There were several scenes in this episode that I really had fun since I've seen it a bunch of times now, watching what the other people in the background would be doing mm -hmm. while whatever's going on in the front is happening. And there are a couple things of it. Like in the beginning of the episode when Shirley says to Britta, are you storming out of here too? And they both leave. When mm -hmm. Jeff and Britta hang out in the background, it literally just kind of looks like they're sitting there waiting for their cue to continue with their scene. <laughs> but then in other scenes like this one, they're doing a bunch in the background. Yeah. Annie gets to apologize to everyone and, and 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 to say that she learned a lesson and that what they put together was amazing. It's good that they that the group solved the problem kind of mm -hmm. instead of Annie or Pierce. Yeah, totally. Pierce learns nothing in this episode. That's nope. the moral of this story. He learns nothing other than that he's a god. <laughs> he is. A but god. the rest the of the group gets god. to have a nice moment and they're hugging, even embracing Chang. And as Pierce leaves, uh, it's really, 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 really well setting up next week's episode where Pierce is so not a part of the study group that he's not even invited to Dungeons & Dragons because mm -hmm. he's so separate from the group after what's happened today. Yeah. The episode ends on it with Pierce really at the at the core of it just wants people to like him mm -hmm. and wants people to need him. So he's still going to give Annie money even though he was embarrassed by what happened because he was an ass. But Annie has learned her lesson, isn't going to take money from him, can't go depending on one person to depending on another. So she's going to get a job. Annie and Pierce share a nice moment because they've both been kind of put on the outskirts of the group. And I think they do kind of see something in each other that other members of the study group don't. I think yeah. Pierce kind of gets Annie in a way that he doesn't get anyone. And Annie relates to Pierce in a way that everyone else is like afraid to kind of. Totally. And they bond over that for just a moment. And this is a really silly episode, but it, it caps off on a sweet little moment between the two of them. And Annie says, after the day, maybe they can still be friends. Pierce does ruin it a little bit by asking if Annie's mom was the period fairy. Good grief. But he doesn't do too bad here. It could have been worse. Yeah. What is worse is then Britta realizes that her bra is missing. Which, when me and Lil watched this last night, my thought was, what was she doing without her bra on in the first place? 
Yeah, her costume did not necessitate. Why her would not she wearing not be one. wearing a bra? Why, I mean, I guess she can or can't if she wants to, but that's just awful convenient, right? It, well, because she wasn't in like a costume, so I don't, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Cats it's don't like, wear bras, Zach. It's like they only had thirty seconds left, and they needed to write off the stupid subplot. So, oh, Britta's bra, the end. Mm. Wamp wamp. Cue laugh track. Which also now Jeff stole her underwear and gave it to her 14-year-old nephew. Yeah, and then instead of Jeff being at all reprimanded, we get this close-up shot of him like mugging, like almost gym-facing the camera. Mm -hmm. And it's a little shitty. Yeah. This episode is one of the least, uh, one of the episodes I've least liked Jeff in a little while. Yeah, certainly. But he does still look cool even in a coffin. That answered my question. And that's the end of the episode. For the end tag, we get a really good end tag for being a not Troy and Abed one, where as Annie tries to sleep, we hear the middle of the night announcements from the Dildopolis downstairs. (laughs) On the audio commentary, they did talk about how they spent a whole day in the writer's room uh, pitching what Dildopolis was, how it worked, the specials that they would have, how big it was, like the, they'd have big shopping carts and stuff like that. So this was <laughs> kind of like a dump of a lot of that stuff, right? It's 2 a.m., time for the Night Owl deals. They talk about being closed on President's Day, but of course they aren't. Dildopolis never closes. And then we get the line that we talked about and, and lived up a little bit, that they are really dedicated to privacy so all of their card statements will come up as abc dildos incorporated and they're like a bookstore so they have a coffee shop and they have cinnamon biscotti and it's all very funny and it's one of the guys from brooklyn 99 we learned yeah one of the hitchcock i believe it's hitchcock whichever one of them is that the bald one or the one with hair terry's the one with hair and that's the end of this episode. Do my eyes deceive me, or did we get this done in near record time? This was pretty record, but I think it's because we didn't have to sit and talk about the Britta nephew storyline because there was nothing to say other than it was gross. I guess that's fair. Well, uh, but this episode isn't gross because it's not a great storyline, but for whatever reason, it almost doesn't at all affect how much I like this episode at all. It doesn't, no. And maybe it should, but it really doesn't that much. And if it, and it only does when I think about it, which I'm not really when I'm watching the episode. So I think we don't rate things like this, but this is a solid like eight of an episode. Yeah, I would give it a, a solid eight. And that being said, who's the MVP? I'll open it up and say, I got to give it to Pierce. Okay, nice. Because Chevy commits to it, and it really plays off in spades. And obviously, I don't really like the character, and he does a lot of unlikable things here. But he's so entertaining, and from moments like when he's being zany on stage to when he's being creepy following around Annie to when he's uh, like really sadistically watching the footage of the projector, he stands out throughout the episode for me in ways that Pierce doesn't often get to. That's a really solid choice. I think Pierce was great this whole episode. Um I had to give it to the person who I thought that every time I watched it added the most value to my experience. Okay. And that would be Benjamin Chang. Wow. Okay. My MVP yeah. This that's week. a solid yeah. MVP too. Yeah. He wasn't, he didn't have as much screen time as Chevy, but I think his impact was huge. And that yeah. performance as, as drugs at the end was just too good for me. When he was already having better than usual moments yeah. before that. And then that really ties it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I 
think that's a good solid choice. Annie is an honorable mention. Yeah, uh, it's really that trio of characters that that really make this episode mm-hmm. shine. And you know, you gave the dean and the three that do the dean. Yeah, you as gave well, the, of the dean a nod earlier. And I think this goes to show you that drugs are the most valuable thing and the most important. So hooray, drugs! Yeah, if you want to be a winner story, and liked by everyone, be drugs. The moral of the story is that if you can't clean up your life from drugs, you can clean up your life with Acme Moist Towelettes. Acme Moist Towelettes. Did you make a big ol' mess on mommy or daddy's couch? Oh my gosh. Acme Moist Towelettes. Cover that whole couch up with a towelette, sit on it for a couple hours, get your bottom all wet, and then blame the dog. I think Acme that's Moist good a place towelettes. of any... To call this episode, it was a brisk one, but I think it went well. I think we really went in depth that episode. I had a good time chatting with you. I forgot yeah. you were here for part of it, and that's always nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any any last words for the people that that hang out with us every week? Yeah, guys. Um, St. Patrick's Day is coming up, okay. and if you want to dress like a bumblebee, do it. But make sure that you get a front stinger that fits you. Make don't sure be to sad. dull your front stinger, too. We don't want any injuries. Well, yeah. Um, one person every 10 years is, <laughs> is blinded by a two-sharp front stinger. Don't let it be you or a loved one. Mm. From inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter, I'm Zach. I'm Steven. Oh, I was going to say a thing. Okay. One more time. From inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter, I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And Steven, let's go make a mess on mommy or daddy's couch. Acme, moist towelettes. This has been You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. <laughs> Check us out on Patreon if you're interested. Patreon.com slash Can't Disappoint Podcast. Uh, we didn't say send in our uh, your trivia because next week's huge. Send in your trivia MVP favorite funny moment for Advanced Dungeons and Dragons next week. Woo-woo. That's going to be a lot of fun. And where can people follow us? Uh, well, you see, you can find us at Twitter at You Can't Disappod. You can find us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast. We're on Facebook. Just type in the name of the show. Same thing with YouTube. Um, email us, Zell us, Venmo us. Uh, get us on Patreon at patreon.com. Send us a list of all the tape recorders you can find on Craigslist. Please, 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 please. Find us, love us, touch us, rub us, smack our little behinds when we've yeah, been naughty. Get them red. Get them red. Yeah. <laughs> now, once more for good measure from inside the dreamatorium black lives matter and i'm zach i'm steven and let's go get those cheeks red all over daddy's couch all right Woo! we're coming Bye, to everyone. you communities <laughs> that was really threatening <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> smoke two joints in the morning i smoke two joints at night i smoke two joints in the afternoon it makes me feel alright I smoke two joints in time of peace And two in time of war I smoke two joints before I smoke two joints 